Lately, larger cities like Boston, New York, and San Francisco have considered reducing the minimum apartment size. They're trying to squeeze in more people, and that means more people will be living in less space. And we wondered how much space do we really need? How much do you need in order to be comfortable? Some of you need quite a bit. My house is 4,400 square feet. My husband and I have been married for uh, 35 years, and our interest has always been in book collecting. So we have books in every room in the house except for the bathrooms. I think we have about 16,000 books total. Lori in Pennsylvania has a home for her books, but Diane in Texas has a home for six kids. Our house is about 3,450 square feet of living space. We have a lot of stuff, and it's, it's very hard to keep clean and very hard to keep organized. We have about 26 chairs. <laughs> so it turns out the size of your space is a lot more than square footage. Many of us see it as room to breathe, or maybe it's just a place to store your clothes while you spend all your time outside. Our homes are our living spaces. Not surprisingly, they say a lot about how we live. Do you have everything you need inside? Could you live comfortably for a couple of weeks without stepping out the front door? Or do you have a 20 well-designed, efficient square feet that address just your basic needs? Beaufort in Michigan says his 1,450-square-foot house is too big. I live in a nice house in a tree-lined neighborhood. I live in a bungalow, which was adapted to add an extra bedroom. The house now has four bedrooms in it and one occupant, me. So it's way too big for what I need. I really don't use anything but the downstairs and a very small room upstairs where the computer is. So it sounds like Beaufort in Michigan needs to get a place in Stevens' apartment complex in Colorado. My apartment is a ground floor studio with 444 square feet, and I find it to be uh, extremely convenient. I was actually surprised when I was moving in that I, I was almost unable to fill it up. It, it, it still looked like almost like an empty room when I moved in. And I actually find that being limited to that amount of space uh, helps me stay kind of organized. And that's something that we've heard over and over from those who live with limited square footage. Living small means choosing carefully about what you own and what you discard. A higher level of awareness about your possessions. A large house might let you store things for years without even looking at them, but a small place forces you to keep only what you really need. Here's Ohio University student Isaac Smith. It is a one-room efficiency. The, the main room is 14 by 14, and then it's got a kitchen and a bath, so in total it's about 250 square feet. I've had to be selective about what I bring back into it especially clothes, because it only has one closet. Erin Boyle joins us now of Brooklyn, New York. Lives in 240 square feet, right, Erin? That's right. First of all, congratulations. I understand that you're, you're getting married tomorrow, so I appreciate your, your joining us. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. And Erin writes a blog about living small called Reading My Tea Leaves. I wonder if you recognized some of uh, the same things that you experienced from what you heard from our listeners. Do you have to be selective about the clothes you own? Definitely. Um, you know, it's funny, actually, clothes is not so much the trouble for me, but, um, you know, when we moved to Brooklyn last year, we had just come, uh, my fiancé and I had just, I had just finished a graduate program, and so we had tons of books, and we definitely had to pare down our collection and decide what we really, you know, needed to have with us. 
Um, and so certainly, you know, the organization and the paring down definitely comes with living in a small space. Was this a choice, Erin, or is this just a necessity of, of trying to find a place you could afford? Sure. Um, you know, it's a combination. We knew the neighborhood that we wanted to live in, and we were looking for a place in our price range. And, you know, kind of interestingly, some of the apartments that we saw that were larger were actually less well-designed. So you would walk into an apartment that had, you know, a refrigerator in one corner and the kitchen in a different corner and, you know, one kind of tiny bedroom tacked onto the side. And this place, even though it's so small, it kind of makes sense and there's a nice flow and, um, you know, it's very livable. So so that's part of why we chose it. So the way the, the space is laid out makes a difference to whether you can be comfortable in a tiny amount of space. Exactly. But what if you had a huge income? Let's say your income increased by a million dollars a year. Would you still be, I, I can't imagine you'd still be living in 240 square feet. You know, we might not be. Um, I think that we, you know, we have a tiny couch and it would be nice to kind of spread out and be able to both sit on it comfortably in the evening and, and read. Um, so things like that would definitely, you know, be be an improvement. And so we might we might choose a bigger spot. But in general, I do think it's really nice to, you know, live in a small space and realize that you don't maybe need all of the things that you thought you did um, to be comfortable. And so I don't think we'd go for anything truly enormous, um, but certainly we might want to stretch out a little bit more. You know, Erin, today we're kind of asking about blessings in disguise. I wonder if this tiny apartment, it, it, that, that's how you see this, that it, it, it started out as something that you had to kind of put up with or accommodate, but it's yeah. become something that's a positive thing? Yes, I think precisely. Um, you know, when we moved in, we actually had a six-month lease. Um, we kind of negotiated with our landlord, hoping that we would live there for six months while we had to and then find something else. And, you know, we actually have found that we are really comfortable and um, we, you know, have kind of found a whole community of people partially through my blog um, that also live in small spaces. And that's actually been totally um, exciting and invigorating to realize, oh, there are so many young people, um, you know, people of all ages, but especially there are young people that reach out to me saying, oh, my gosh, you know, I also live in this tiny space and you've helped me to kind of figure out how um, how to make it work. And that's just been really positive for, for me and for, for us. So. But do you see everyone in America embracing this? I mean, this is probably still a niche amount of people, right? I think probably. I think definitely, though, um, you know, living in a city, that's kind of always part of the, the compromise, that you're always living in smaller spaces. And, you know, I think that it's true that there um, there are people for whom this would be a challenge. You know, even my own parents, I've been here preparing for my wedding in Connecticut, and we certainly have a lot more space to kind of lounge around um, in this old farmhouse that I grew up in. Um, so I think, you know, it might be a challenge for even my own parents. But um, but in general, I think that actually if you, um, you know, think carefully about what you own and um, and decide kind of intentionally to live a smaller um, yeah, life. You smaller may be able scale. to get by with less than you think. Erin Boyle lives in a 240-square-foot apartment in New York. Thanks.